All right, everyone, sorry about that. That's what happens when I don't put do not disturb mode on my phone uh, when I'm doing a live broadcast. So uh, we're getting the kinks out, but once again, uh, Ryan Selk is here with Amin Soleimani uh, from Spank Chain and, um, and Malik, a new open source project that's working on a DAO to help manage uh, public finances and in particular grants to different open source communities. So um, we're gonna uh, just riff live here for, for the 2.0 of this. When we edit the podcast, we'll, we'll do my larger intro and insert that back in the beginning. So for those of you who are rejoining, uh, re-welcome, and uh, we're gonna get started with, uh, with Amin. So without further ado, Amin, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Malik. Cool. Um, so Malik is named after the best blog post I've ever read. Uh, it's called Meditations on Malik. It's on Slate Star Codex. Uh, in that, that's actually written about a poem by Allen Ginsberg where he describes Moloch as this sort of demon god uh, of coordination failures, right? It's all the ways that uh, humans uh, might be able to work together if they wanted to, but they can't. And so instead of like, you know, buying hospitals and uh, infrastructure and education with our governance money, we end up spending it on guns and bombs and planes because if one country you know, if everybody decided to work together and not you know, disarm, and then one person armed, well, they would take everybody else over. So you end up in these like unfortunate equilibria. And I read this blog post right about the same time, it's like January 2016, that I was learning about Ethereum. And I realized that uh, Ethereum, at its core, is a coordination platform. So these actually happened right as you were getting into the industry. This wasn't something that just came up more recently. With this, the... the idea of Moloch as like sort of the ultimate boss uh, of humanity. Your awareness of it and, and, and yeah. appreciation of that as a concept. Okay. As a, as a concept. Because, you know, Malik, after you read that post, it sort of changes you, right? You, you don't go back, like, you realize that every time anybody's ever said the sentence, like, if only we all just... Yes. That was like a waste of your time and a waste of everyone else's time. Uh, because that's not how things work, right? Uh, and, and once you read that post, it becomes clear. And then I think if everybody read that post, everybody would be a little bit better at getting things done mm -hmm. uh, together. So part of naming it that is uh, sort of taking your enemy's name for yourself, right? Uh, and being like, you know, we must summon Moloch to defeat Moloch. Um, and so, you know, the, we, I sort of sat on the idea. Uh, my first week at Consensus, I was excited about DAOs like anybody, but my first week at Consensus was the DAO. Yes. Uh, and that was an experience, uh, seeing how the community responded. Um, what, what, what was it like internally at that point? <laughs> was it just like, fuck, this could kill everything? or? There was, was it a little bit more measured? It was a little bit more measured, right? So, you know, we're pretty close to the information. We, we like, sort of figured out that we were going to hard fork uh, pretty early on. Um, it just seemed like the most obvious way forward that would keep everybody together. Uh, and there didn't seem a whole, to be a whole lot of internal resistance. Most of the, uh, you know, people who, who were very vehemently against the fork were actually outside of the community and rooting for Ethereum to fail anyway. So it didn't make a lot of sense to listen to them. Um, but, you know, the, it was like the night, like the Friday night, and everything was calm, it was the calm before the storm, like Joe brings in like beer and tacos, and we all just jam like it's an everyday Friday, and then like the next day shit started hitting the fan. <laughs> Everyone's freaking out, they're like, I had DAO tokens, what do I do? They're worthless, and that other people are trying to buy DAO tokens because they think that, you know, the, the price is now below what the redeemable market rate is, and uh, it, it was pretty funny. And, and, and you know, we'll take a little bit of a step back. So yeah. uh, a lot of people in the industry are newer. It's, it's fast, like it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but mm -hmm. this is 2016, it was basically 
right before the year anniversary of the Ethereum mainnet launch. And, and the DAO was this absolutely colossus and very predictable failure as far as I'm concerned yeah. in terms of how poorly designed it was. And, and had a hundred something million dollars. It was a hundred something million when, when Ethereum at that point, I think it was, yeah, it was 10 bucks or something like that. So, um, so it, it was kind of like an existential issue. Yeah. It was kind of like the Mt. Gox mm -hmm. for, for Ethereum early on. Um, but uh, yeah, being at consensus, because how big of the team was? Uh, it was about 100 people. About 100 people then, yeah. and, and, and so um, uh, it, was, it was certainly a, a wild time. But, but so the, the, the DAO and, and decentralized autonomous organizations in general have been one of the things that people in the Ethereum community have, have hyped up basically since day one, right? But, yeah. but since the white paper, even, um, that Vitalik put out. The DAO is the first horrible implementation of it. Yeah. Um, we've seen a few others uh, and, and people kind of chipping away at the edges, but um, Malik has gotten a lot of people talking um, in terms of actually divvying up resources. So, so how is this fundamentally different? Um, so and, we're trying to learn as what much did you try as we to simplify from the DAO, right? So like Eamon Gunsaira wrote a great post called Call for the Moratorium on the DAO. Uh, and in that he describes all the game theoretic attacks on it, uh, the, which there were several uh, beyond just the hack. Um, which some of the which the hacker exploited also like you could fork the DAO and go into your own little DAO but you know somebody who could like follow you in and then make it really hard for you to actually get your money out stuff like that and so basically he had two suggestions one was uh, a post vote grace period which would allow people to leave uh, and instant withdrawals uh, if you wanted to get your money out at any time and we implemented both of those and we also learned from the DAO DAO's like 13 1400 lines of code pretty complex hard to reason about uh, and so we did everything we could to simplify the code. Um, it does practically nothing. Uh, we took out every feature we could. We took out ERC-20 tokens. There's no loops. Uh, it's weath only. Uh, you can instantiate your own with any token, but right now ours, you Weath can only- wrapped ether. Wrapped ether, right? So you can only contribute in uh, tokenized ether, uh, and then uh, you get shares. And shares are what you use to vote. They're not transferable, but at any time you can redeem the shares you have for the proportional amount of weath in the guild bank. Uh, and so guild banks where all the, the money is stored. Mm -hmm. So that gives you the instant exits and we also added the post vote grace period. So there's a seven day voting period on a proposal. And then after that, there's a seven day grace period. Uh, and so all the voting is done and anybody who did not vote yes has the opportunity to leave. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you leave, you take your uh, proportional share with you and so the people who voted yes if the vote passed are on the hook for you know uh, all of the money uh, more if other people leave right so if uh, half of the guild votes yes on a proposal the other half quits well uh, the way funding is allocated is actually the same way membership is is attributed right so uh, you submit a proposal and you request new shares to be minted you don't ask for a fixed amount of money, you ask for new shares. And what that does is it proportionally dilutes everybody. And so if half the people leave uh, for a proposal, that means everybody who's still in is diluted twice as much. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we did that, we got it audited, the audit report is published, uh, I think yesterday or two days ago we published that. Mm -hmm. um, some former Open Zeppelin guys uh, now running Gnomic Labs, uh, incredibly helpful. Um, I had the guy who like found the bug in the spank bank, not, not the anonymous hacker, I'm having them look over it too, uh, but they're, they're more interested once there's money in it. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're sort of a bug bounty type of person, not sure. so much an auditor. <laughs> but the guy who found a bug in the spank bank, uh, he looked at it um, and 
we've been basically trying to make it as secure as possible. All right, so that, that's a lot that you just threw out. I think it's a pretty comprehensive explanation of, of, of how this works. Yeah. Even though you have stripped out a lot of the complexity, it's still very novel in terms of what people it's are used to. It's novel because it's, it's not quite what you're used to, but mm -hmm. it's actually simpler than what you're used to. It, it is because there's, the, there's, there's only not one mechanism. Yeah, there's one mechanism, and it's, um, it's not necessarily supposed to be sustainable because you can't, you can't earn external revenue yet, right? There, there, sure. there might be ways to upgrade this over time. So you can think about it as a way to, to allocate a, a pool of bounties or a pool of, of, of grants and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, for, the, for the commons. Um, so let's just uh, do a real world example. So um, you and me and, and half a dozen people in here decide that we want to throw I'll, one ETH into I'll a start, bounty pool. Let me, let me yeah. start with like actually uh, what I anticipate will be like the first proposal. Do it. Okay. So. Uh, there's about 15 of us who have committed 100 Ether to be founders of Moloch. Uh, two of us have uh, actually gone through the process of approving it with a, a Gnosis Safe um, that we're using as a multi-sig wallet for more security uh, and uh, allowing the, the proposal submissions to take place. Right? Uh, I anticipate over the next week or so we'll uh, submit proposals for the remaining uh, 15 people. At the end of that, then we have you know 15 times 100 ETH, so 1500 ETH. Uh, to, to play with, mm -hmm. right? Um, we can do two things. We can vote in other people uh, who also want to put in ETH. Maybe it's not as much. It's fine. Um, you think you want to contribute, you're aligned, but then we'll also submit proposals to give grants by mm -hmm. diluting ourselves and minting new shares for free for uh, somebody who has done some work for the guild. So the first proposal uh, is going to be to pay uh, Kyokan for the consulting that they did in helping me write the uh, state of uh, ETH 2.0 report that we published uh, about two weeks ago. So um, that's gonna be, I think, like a couple thousand dollars. It's not a huge check. Um, that divide, you know, split up between 15, 20 people is like a couple hundred dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of uh, getting, you know, a whole bunch of aligned people to put up their money because the, the more people you get in, the more money that you have behind you that is aligned uh, with a specific purpose, then the cheaper it is for everybody who's already in. And and so, basically, paying freelancers for for certain functions is, is it sounds like going to be the first application yeah. of this. But that could extend to developers that are going to add features or, or or do audits of the system or you know really anything else, provided that that function is aligned with the voters mm -hmm. in Moloch. Um, do you anticipate that people, is this, is this kind of like uh, a tag along situation where uh, you might be allocating resources during, for certain proposals that a subset of uh, people don't agree with, but they're like, ah, whatever, this is fine, because I'm still aligned with the greater mission. Yeah. Um, or, or is there kind of like sub, uh, is it all or nothing, I guess is the it's, question, right? You, you have to be in all or nothing. Okay. Uh, you can so even if you're overruled, you're overruled. You can exit if you really don't yeah. like it, or you can just kind of go along with the majority and then you know continue to vote until the group just really pisses you off and say, "I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm going to pull out my right. my wrap either." Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and we call that the rage quit. Uh, so I played a lot of you know World of Warcraft. We had guilds, well, and you've you just know. been in, in crypto play, for a while, play, so we've seen we've seen it. We've seen yeah. that fair share of rage so, quit. So the, the rage quit is, is this great function, uh, and so you, you can rage quit any number of shares. That's how you leave, right? So you you liquidate your voting shares, and you get a, a fraction of, of the guild's capital of the week. 
right? And so in this iteration, it is ether only, which makes it a little bit inflexible. Mm -hmm. um, it can't hold on to, for example, like revenue generating assets uh, or like company's equity or even mm -hmm. utility tokens. Um, it, it can only hold ETH. Uh, in the future, uh, if when we all decide to upgrade it, then uh, and, and migrate to a new contract. Also, there's no upgrade mechanism. Uh, the upgrade mechanism is we all rage quit, uh, and then Sorry. we deploy a new contract, and whoever wants just goes to that one. Because uh, I was like, mm, I could build an upgrade mechanism, but then that's another security thing, and I have to, you know, figure that. Yeah, out. Yeah, and then why would you do it for 1.0? Right? right, exactly. Yeah, so. It's like if this is going to work at all, it's. It's the upgrade mechanism isn't going to be the thing that keeps it from working. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, we, the rage quit. You can rage quit any any fraction of, of the shares that you have. Um, mm -hmm. So, if you're a grant recipient, you would rage quit however much you want to uh, use to pay for your costs. Uh, if you want, you can keep at least one share, and that gives you the ability to continue to submit proposals. There's a couple of uh, anti-spam mm -hmm. things, so like only existing members can submit proposals. Yes. So not anybody can just come in and spam the whole thing. And when you submit a proposal, you actually have to lock up 10 ETH uh, until that proposal is processed. So at minimum, that's two weeks, because if there's uh, you know no proposal queue, mm -hmm. um, then it's going to start immediately and then go seven-day voting, seven-day grace, and then two weeks later you'll get money. If there's a long proposal queue, then you have to lock it up for longer and longer every time. Now, you could hypothetically have... I guess in, in nonprofit terms, the equivalent of an executive director, right? That gets voted in, the shares get diluted, um, but they don't actually have to put anything up. The expectation is just that they're going to be coordinating a lot of the proposals. Oh, yeah. And, right? You could pay the overhead of this coordination mm -hmm. system using the coordination system. Yeah. Uh, and so if it's like, oh, we want to throw an event, we'll submit a proposal for this party, you know, maybe it's RaveCon. Uh, <laughs> next DevCon, we're like, all right, uh, let's submit the proposal for Raycon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stuff like that. Limitless party applications, which I know is, is everything looks like a toy at first. It's all a um, toy. I mean, we're trying to make sure that it's used for the right purpose at first, mm -hmm. um, and it's easier to align people to do something specific. And uh, E2.0 seems like sort of the biggest thing that we we could be contributing to that, that needs the most help right now. Because there's sort of this like, uh, inverted pyramid of uh, in this in the space where it's like there's a thousand shit coins that don't do anything or contribute meaningfully to you know the ecosystem. There's like at the bottom there's like four or five people that do a lot of the client development work. Like I don't know like Peter Siagel and like you know the Prismatic team and all, all the two teams and, and Vitalik and the researchers. And then you know there's like the service layer of people who are like helping other people develop. And in terms of uh, you know how much of the industry is like on your shoulders it's like <laughs> so they could use the help <laughs> yep right um no it's uh it, it it seems like a lot of people here are, are talking about it obviously what's the what's the goal in terms of um, near-term experimentation what you're going to be presenting this weekend um where where Malik goes from here sure uh so i've been working closely with uh, cassandra she who used to run the ecf the ethereum community fund uh, she she submitted the first proposal uh, last night, or, or approved tokens, and I submitted the first proposal for her. In about two hours, uh, I'm going to get on stage, I'm going to do a demo, and I'm going to vote her and I in, uh, which means, you know, in about uh, 12 days, once, once the voting period of those proposals expires, we will be the first members, and then we will have the ability to vote on everything else. How does quorum work in this? Is it like, a, no T is it like a TCR? Or is no it, okay, no quorum. Uh, so no basically if, if, if you put up money and you don't bother to vote your tokens. Yeah. 
then, you can leave. Well, but yeah, you, yeah, you, you can, can leave. But if you just yeah. if you also just don't bother to participate, then exactly. it's controlled by the people in the. It's act. implicit consent. Got it. Um, <laughs> so the reason we can safely do no quorum, in my mm -hmm. view, is because. Uh, because you have that grace period, right? In most voting systems, mm -hmm. uh, the reason you need quorum is because the vote is final at that time, and then you cannot exit, yes. right? And so, so what's the notification period look like? So, right, so, so do, do the folks who put up, uh, we have to actively monitor the contract? Is there some type of pinging system? Uh, right, so how, how do you know that a proposal has been made? Okay. There's a UI, um, and then you can check in on the UI Got and it. see what the new proposals are and how everybody's voted on them. Uh, what how much token they're offering as tribute mm -hmm. uh, to the guild and what shares they're asking for in return. And ultimately, and who it is, is, and who it is whoever, and, about and, and ultimately and whoever creates project. the, yeah, the exactly. next one is going to be, um, they'll be responsible for whatever the UI looks like, or it could be yeah, run through the same our, service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we developed that ourselves. Um, it was almost done. We were hoping it'd be done uh, by today, but now we have like a whole hackathon to, you know, we got most of the pieces there. So I think by the end of the hackathon, it'll be uh, working properly. How much did you mention is, is in it right now? You said 100 ETH from? So it's 100 ETH from two people, or just the first ones. Okay. And so then, uh, but there's 15 people committed to joining. So not, not a negligible amount of money. I mean, what, so what's the, yeah, uh, what's, like, what's, what's the goal in terms of how this gets distributed? Do you not know, or are you gonna take a wait and see approach, or I think the first, what would you like this to emerge I think, into? Yeah, I think, I think the first phase of this is just trying to vote in other people who are aligned uh, on spending money in the way that uh, we would deem. And uh, like with you know trying to make ETH 2.0 happen faster, right? Uh, so I think that um, at first we have we have a little bit of proving to do. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to prove that we can make proposals that have an impact and are meaningful, even with a small budget. Um, and then as as people see this be, being successful, then there's more uh, motivation to join and contribute funds uh, and, and help. Uh, contribute to, to the the grants that we want to build. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it will go through like a growth phase with a sm some smaller grants, and then maybe once it's around a couple million dollars, then it'll be easier to pay like you know somebody's salary. Yeah. Uh, and uh, put put companies on retainer, for mm -hmm. example. Uh, well, it's a fascinating experiment. I'm really excited to see how the presentation is received, and I'm sure you'll you'll present it with your usual flair. Um, <laughs> The um, one one question I like to ask, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up and, and change tack a little bit. Um, Masari is obviously very much focused on fundamentals and, and what does this industry and asset class look like once you know people are investing for legitimate reasons in, in some of these assets versus just what they think is going to pump or dump. Um, and I'm curious, what are some of the KPIs that you track to separate the shit coins from things that might have staying power, number one, and on the total opposite side, I might tee you up for, for a very ridiculous closing line. Um, but uh, what what is the uh, crypto project that you think has the strongest meme and narrative around the community that can sustain them through this kind of like intermediate period um, where uh, it's still going to be narrative driven, it's still going to, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to survive just based on fundamentals. You're going to need a, a story mm -hmm. that people rally around that's like very punchy. Um, but uh, ultimately helps them get to the other side of this bear market. Uh, okay, so, I mean, I'm gonna plug myself. <laughs> uh, not like that. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think Spank Chain is obviously very well positioned to, to survive. Uh, we have you know, decent runway and, and a very strong community of, of uh, <coughs> pornography and cryptography enthusiasts. What is your meme? Uh, what's our meme? What's your, what's your extra why, right? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's the meme that kind of would the rally meme, people The meme for us is like in booty we trust. It's like, <laughs> it's like a bunch of people who, you know, we, we collectively decide what we value, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us, it's like a bunch of fun-loving weirdos, and we decide that we value booty as our ERC-20, and we want to stake in the Spank Bank and mint it and circulate it in our you know, applications and services uh, for cams and clips and, and content. So that's the meme. Let's talk about KPIs. What do you look at? And yeah, I mean, both for, for your own project, well, wearing a serious hat. How much and booty there is, right? It's like the amount of booty generated. Well, no, 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 no. Not, not, <laughs> yeah. not, not, just, not just for Spank Chain, but for, yeah, yeah. Um, but for other projects. Like, you know, separating the wheat from the chaff is, is something that we're focused on. Mm -hmm. Nobody gives a shit right now, right? They just want right. to know, like, what, what should I buy and hold? And what's got the strongest team or meme that, that's going to uh, make sure that this project you know, stands the test of time. But paring down, right? Growth or no growth? What, what, what do you look at both for, for your team and kind of in general? Yeah, so for us, uh, we're transitioning to trying to be a little more revenue focused. Mm -hmm. uh, so seeing teams that have sustainable income, uh, there's a good sense of their staying power without memes. Um, seeing teams that uh, rally communities all across the world. Um, when You can almost actually measure it in like the, the memes that are generated for Project. Like, if the memes are really good, that means there's a bunch of people who are really excited about it. Uh, like, Tron has great memes. Uh, they do. They have great memes. <laughs> um. we, maybe the largest uh, corporate case of fake it till you make it in history. Yeah. Can we, can we go that far if, Probably. They, if they make it out if the they, other yeah, side? Yeah. If they make it out the other side. Uh, and, and there's other things that are not like quite, you know, your, your standard internet meme, but like the Biddle meme is super strong. Like, mm -hmm. everybody here, like, this event is super inspiring because you have tons of people that just want to build things like that's always been the ethereum ethos it's like we are not you know your goblins and gringotts like hoarding all the gold like the bitcoiners like we just want to make things better for humans uh that's why we're here so <clears throat> the biddle meme won't, is not going anywhere <laughs> well the flip side of that uh one one of the greatest lines from last year that i cite often uh came when when you and i uh, you and i were in a cab going to to, to drinks <laughs> Yeah. Comparing oh, the, yeah. the, Spart <laughs> the Spartans versus the Athenians um, in, uh, oh, yeah. in, in Ethereum versus Bitcoin, and because, there's, there's yeah, no spot on match no, quite like that. The the the, the joke <laughs> he's talking about, I was like, okay, so the, you know, when you talk to imagine 300, right, and it's like you talk to people in Ethereum, and it's like kind of like the Athenians, and you're like, you know, what is your profession? And you're like, I'm a carpenter, like I'm a painter, you know, and it's like Bitcoin, what is your profession? <laughs> right, that's like. Yeah. And so it's like Bitcoin in times of war, like they're worried about guys with guns like taking their minds and shit, and it's like uh, Ethereum's just, you know, sort of trying to build stuff. Let's uh, hang out, build things. Ethereum in times of peace, Bitcoin in times of war, and like Zcash if you're fighting ninjas. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, that's a perfect place, uh, I guess, as any to end it. Um, Amin from SpankChain, Mullock, and of course, Former CEO of Consensus Dark, uh, <laughs> cool. former former collaborator, uh, but uh, we'll be doing a lot more uh, in the future, and, and hope to have you back soon. Cool, thanks for having me. Thanks, man.